0: This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Good morning, good morning. So honored that you came out today. Bless you. If you're a first time guest. We're honored to have you here. If you're a regular, I'm glad you're here too. Glad you made it out. If you need a Bible, why don't you get your hand up real high? Uh, our ushers would gladly put the Word of God in your hand today, and so once you get a Bible, we'll begin in Isaiah 29, and then after Isaiah 29, we'll go to the very last book of the New Testament, Revelations chapter 3. We are finishing up on our Holy Spirit, and then I, I believe this morning we'll get some more stuff on the Holy Spirit. Just B- Bibles, we still got one guy way down here, guys, I don't know if you can see him, I can see him. That's how important. I want you to get the Word of God in your hands. But I, I believe this will get us out of the, the Holy Spirit series, which I'm not saying get us out to get it done, but it'll usher in our next series. And so uh, just let the Word of God teach you today. I believe God's going to do some significant things, all right? Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13. Therefore the Lord said, Inasmuch as these people draw near Him with their mouths, and they honor me with their lips, but they have removed their hearts from me. They say the right thing, but their hearts aren't in it. And so literally here, it's a people that ultimately rejects the word of God and lives with a lip surface. And when I read that, this moves me because we've got in custom where we can say the right thing maybe. We learn how to speak in a language called Christianese. I love you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But again, he highlights something here that it's, it's just an outward act. There's, there's nothing from the heart. It's become a ritual, a form of religion. He goes on to say, and their fear toward me or their reverence toward me is taught by the commandments Or the rules or the repetition of men. And so when you read this here, it's like it's routine instead of heartfelt. In other words, I I, I just go through the motion. And if we're not listening to the commandments of God, then what are we listening to? And we begin to interject the the opinions, the philosophies of man. And if you're going to do that, it's going to get you in trouble. I I cannot put the things of, of man above the things of God. Verse 14, therefore, behold, I will again do a marvelous work among this people, a marvelous work and a wonder. For the wisdom of their wise men shall perish. It'll vanish. What will the wisdom of the wise men? Verse 15, woe or doom to those who seek deep to hide their counsel far from the Lord. And their works or their deeds are in the dark. They say, who sees us and who knows us? Surely you have things turned around. Surely you got them backwards. They're out of order. Shall the potter be esteemed as the clay? Better stated, is the potter now equal with the clay? Have we come to a place where the clay thinks we know more than the potter? For shall the thing made say of him who made me? He didn't make me. He didn't make me. Well, let me ask you a question. If God didn't make you, who made you? Well, I've evolved. So you're telling me you evolved that your daddy was a monkey swinging from the trees. My, My daddy wasn't a monkey, okay? I was wonderfully and fearfully and skillfully created by God, and so were you. And so what happens is when we listen to this thing called Darwin, it's going to get you in trouble, okay? Keep preaching, Pastor. Okay, I will. Or he didn't make me. Or shall the thing form say of him who formed it, he has no understanding. One translation says, he's stupid. Wow. Wow. Now, you're talking about an arrogance, and so, such is the times we live, where we start thinking mankind knows more than the Word of God. Go with me to the book of Revelations, chapter 3. Revelations 3. And so, you're turning there. Have we made lukewarm synonymous with normal? And oftentimes our thought is, well, I, I, I go to church. I attend church. Well, let me ask you, why do you attend church? See, a lot of people, they only come to church when they need something from God. And it's almost like we've made God into this slot machine and we're saying, pay out today, Father God, pay out. And then we have this thought, he's never going to see me. I, I got what I needed from God and I'm done. And so again, in, in this sense right here, I believe this is what we're getting to. That you can say, I believe in God and I acknowledge God, but there's no difference in me. I'm, I'm really no different than a person that doesn't proclaim to know God. All I do is different as I say I know God. So we hit this place called Revelations. And in the book of Revelations, John writes these seven letters. On, on this major Roman road, if you were to look at it, and you would see how he went to seven different churches. And he, he told these churches about their strengths, but he also talked about their flaws. Now, the reason I want to highlight this is because I believe these letters to these seven churches are relevant to us to this day. So when I read this here, I, I, I want you to understand I'm not doing this to beat you up in any way. Actually, when I read this, I've put myself in this story. I'm not accountable for you, and you're not accountable for me. I'm only accountable for me, and that's a full-time job, okay? And so I want you to see this right here. This is for you, for me. Revelations 3, verse 14, and this is called the lukewarm church, and, and what's interesting about it, He didn't praise this church for anything. Nothing. Verse 14. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans. Now, I want you to highlight something immediately here. And to the church of Laodicea. It wasn't to the sinners of Laodicea, it was to the church. So better stated, it would be people that would be coming into this house called the church. Now to get a little bit of a glimpse of what he's talking about here, the word laos in Laodicea, L-A-O-S, it literally means common people. The Dicea or the Dicea would mean the opinion. So if you put it together, this church was the opinion of common people. This is who he was writing to. People who went to a church, but their basis of life was on human opinions, human philosophies, and human ideas. Better stated, the lust of their flesh. And so I think back to Isaiah 26, uh, 29, 16, where he said, you've turned things around. You've you've got things backwards. So anytime we begin to put the thoughts of mankind above the word of God, we get in trouble. Isaiah 65, 16, he says, God's the God of truth. Uh, we We were in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 6 a few weeks ago. Uh, The letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. So what that literally means, when you take the Word of God under the authority that the Holy Spirit uses, things happen. But in our lives, when we get rid of the Word of God and we get rid of the, uh, the Spirit of God, this is Laodicea. When you don't live by the Word of God or you don't ask for the power of the Holy Spirit. So in looking at this right here, in this church, the opinion of the majority of the people became the accepted opinion. So as long it was the majority in favor, then you know what they said? It's okay, it's all right. But man was now marked by their own desires. Man has come to a place in this church where they said, you know what? We're gonna dictate what's right and wrong. So again, they took God out of the equation. Verse 14. These things says the amen. These things says the amen. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, All the promises of God in him are yea and amen. All the promises go through God, but are through the Lord Jesus. And all those problems are from him. Those promises are from him. And it's yes and so be it. So immediately right here, uh, they clarify, you gotta stay with the promises of God through Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus, and he goes on to say, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. So everything points at Jesus, everything. This is all pointed at Jesus. And so this is what he begins to write to the church of Laodicea, verse 15. I know your works. I know your deeds. I know your actions. I know how you live. I know how you behave. I want to highlight something here. He didn't say, I know you've confessed me as Lord. He said, I'm watching what you do. The proof of the pudding's in the eating. I know what you do, that you are neither cold nor hot. Wow, what a statement here. You're neither cold or hot. So we look at the analogy right here. The cold is literally you're frozen and apathy. You're complacent and you're lethargic. Now here's where it's interesting off this. I found in the Greek, a slang word for cold is the word cool. Literally stated here, you wanted to act like you were cool to be in the in crowd. So guess what? You settled for the applaud of man. I want to be cool in everybody's eyes. But then we go to the thing called hot. And when I look at hot, this means they weren't fervent with passion. And so when you look at hot, you would go back to what we talked about. The Holy Spirit was a pillar of fire. When you get fire, you get hot. So was he saying right here? The reason you're not hot is you don't have the Holy Spirit or You've taken the Holy Spirit out of the equation in your life. And when that happens, I'm going to live by man's ideas and man's thoughts. He ends in verse 15 and says, I could wish you were cold or hot. I could wish you were one or the other. I could wish you were either in or out. He wasn't talking about the burger restaurant, okay? I wish you were fully in or fully out. Now hold fast to this just here a second. Think of this. Who was this written to? Church. This was to church going people. And, And can you imagine him looking and saying, I wish you were in or I wish you were out. Verse 16. So then... Because you are lukewarm. Now, this is where I had to put me in. It literally says, because you are. You are. But, but I, I know what Dylan does. No, 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 no. Take that up. Because you are lukewarm. And so when I look at the word, lu- the word lukewarm, you, you blend in. I'm a saint on Sunday and I'm a sinner on Monday. When I, when I get around believers, I, I talk in Christianese. I pray. I can quote spirit, a, a scripture. I I got a Jesus bumper sticker. I got a cross on. But when I get around the world, I act just like them. I can cuss with the best of them. And so... He says you're lukewarm. Listen to all the definitions for lukewarm. You don't take a stand. You don't take a stand. You're hardened, self satisfied, casual, stale, stagnant, a spiritual coma. You're alive but dead. You're a nominal Christian. You are content blending in. Now, do any of those words describe me? Because you're lukewarm, neither cold nor hot. I will vomit you out of my mouth a wake-up call, a reprimand. Wait, 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 wait. This was written to the church. And the Lord Jesus says, I want to hurl you out of my mouth. So when you see the word vomit, why would you vomit? Because it's nauseating or I can't stomach you. But I confessed him as Lord. I I say the right thing. We got quiet in here. Now, when I look at this, this is incredible. Because you are neither hot nor cold. So was it a key to a born again believer? The only way I'm going to stay hot is I got to have the Holy Spirit. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain. That I can't control. See, a hot person is, I'm not ashamed of Jesus. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Man, we ought to be so passionate about the things of God. Let me tell you this. This happened on Wednesday night and it still breaks my heart. I, I strolled in on, before the Wednesday night service back here. And I was right back there in the corner, and one of the ladies in our church, she was talking to this young lady. And I could look at the young lady, and I could tell, I don't know you. But she would do this. Every time she would look up, and she would see me, she would never make eye contact with me. And my heart gravitated toward her. Well, after the service on Wednesday night, they were standing right here. And I walked up to her, and, and, man, I could sense something wasn't right with her. And, And I said, darling, it's so good to have you here. And I had to leave right after the service. And I kept looking. I, kept, I knew something wasn't right in my heart. And the lady in our church who was talking to her, she said, You knew, Pastor, you knew. She said, You knew something's wrong. And I said, What happened? She tried to commit suicide yesterday. And it grieves me because... I know the name of Jesus. And I know Jesus sets free. And I know he heals. And I I can't be lukewarm in this setting. And since she told me that, man, it's moved me. I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say. Because you say, I am rich and have become richer or I'm getting rich and getting richer over and over. And so I want to highlight something here. He says, because you say I'm rich. You say I'm rich. If you pay close attention to that, there's nothing mentioned about God. You say I'm I'm rich. You don't mention if I am rich, it's because of God's goodness toward me. You say, I'm rich and I'm getting richer. And he goes on to say in verse 17, and I have no need of nothing. I've got this. I'm confident. I'm self satisfied I've got everything I need. Wow. Whoa. This was written to the church. And he said, do you not know that you are wretched, you're miserable, you're poor, you're blind, and you're naked spiritually? You're oblivious. You're clueless to the things that are eternal. Hold your place. Go with me to 2 Timothy 3. I'm going to come right back to this in just a second. 2 Timothy chapter 3. So when you look there, about the money, it's interesting to me that the Lord has to use monetary words to get our attention. Wow. Such as Laodicea. Second Timothy three, verse one. But know this, understand this sense of urgency in the last days, perilous times will come. The word perilous right here it means the word describes a society that's barren of virtue, a great, a great. Influence of or increase of evil, trying times that will be characterized by moral and spiritual decline. Verse 2, and what I'm gonna list here is Paul's list of behaviors that begin to infiltrate a society. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedience to parents unthankful, unloving, unholy, unforgiving, slanders without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Now, I read them fast, but do any of these describe me? Now, I'm going to read this in the message. This is the same passage right there, but it really, really causes some understanding. Don't be naive. Don't kid yourself. There are difficult times ahead. As the end approaches, people are going to be self-absorbed, money-hungry, self-promoting, stuck-up, profane, contemptuous of parents, crude, coarse, dog-eat-dog, unbending, slanderers, Impulsively wild, that's a good one, savage, cynical, treacherous, ruthless, bloated windbags, addicted to lust, and allergic to God. Whew. They'll make a show of religion, but behind the scenes, they're animals stay clear of these. I believe to a degree this is the times we're in, even within the church. So I can make excuses or I can say, Father God, I need your help. Verse five, back to 2 Timothy 3, verse five, back into the New King James, he says, having a form of godliness, having a form, an outward appearance of godliness. Again, this is Christianese. Again, I know the right things. Again, I pray. I can quote John three sixteen. I can quote it. But it's an outward form of godliness, taking on the form of Christian, but the power's denied. I only trust when I lust for the apple of my eye. And so when he says this here, taking on a form of godliness, but denying its power. Acts 1.8, the Lord said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll receive power. You'll receive power. So looking at this right here, they deny the heart of Christianity. Which number one is the inspired word of God. And the indwelling, overflowing of the Holy Spirit that he works within believers and he literally transforms our lives. So when I look what he's talking about right here, was the apostle Paul trying to tell us, you got to have the Holy Spirit. You got to have the Holy Spirit. One, he's the only one that's going to help you in this area. Number two, without him, there is no power. There is none. Back to Revelation 3. So we go back to the church of Laodicea. Verse 18. I counsel you. This is what the Lord. I want to counsel you. Ooh, I don't know about you. I want the counsel of God. I counsel you to buy for me. Not from the world. But to buy for me gold refined in the fire perfected in the fire that bursts real spiritual treasures that you may be rich, that you may re- be rich in the eternal things. And you don't want to put all your riches in this place called earth. Not going to be good. I've never seen a U-Haul behind a hearse. You're not going to take it with you. And white garments. What would a white garment be? It's clean. That you may be clothed. That the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And so what he's talking about there is the power of the Holy Spirit that helps me to live through Christ Jesus. That I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I've been clothed in righteousness. And when I looked right there that you be clothed. Think about this. Every one of us in here, we put on clothes every day. We're clothed. Was he telling us, I got to put on the things of God, the things of the Lord Jesus day by day? But it is. And anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. He's talking here that you may see spiritually. That the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened, that you'll begin to see the word of God in a new way. And that's one of the ways the Holy Spirit, the teacher, he comes in. And there in John 16, he said, I'll show you things to come. I'll lead you and guide you into the truth. And when I read this here, Jesus will heal people physically of the blind. But he also wants us to heal us and make us where we see spiritually. But the thing is, it gets it. i got to come to a place where I say, Lord, I can't see. I need you to grace me where I begin to see. I see through the the illumination of the Holy Spirit. He causes the word to come alive. Verse 19, as many as I love, as many as I love, and oftentimes we hear this, as many as I love, people use the word love as a band-aid or an escape goat. Well, if God loves me, then he's okay with what I do. If God loves me, he wants me to be happy. Look what he says here. As many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten. I correct and I discipline. But God is love. He is love. And he loves you enough to correct you and discipline you. Therefore... Be zealous and repent. How many times in the last few weeks have we seen that? Repent, repent. And so the repentance is to get my heart. And what happens then when I repent? It reignites within me a zeal or a passion that says, I'm going to serve God. I want to serve God from my heart. Now stop just a second again. Who was this written to? It was to the church. He said, repent. Repent and be zeal. Welcome correction and discipline. Why? Because God knows the things that are going to take place. Verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him and dine with him. And he with me. Now Jesus was grieved by their complacency, their lethargic, How, how they, they had turned away. They compromised. But in this sense right here, he's given them an opportunity to renew them with love and power. And, and he says right here, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And it's intimate fellowship here. But what you see is a paradox of of God's grace, but also a personal responsibility. So when he says here, I stand here and knock, guess what the Lord Jesus is waiting for? He's waiting for to be invited in. If you'll notice right here, it doesn't say, I'm going to kick the door down and I'm coming in. No, the Lord Jesus made every one of us in this room free will being. And he said, you know what? If you'll invite me, I'll come in. I'll come in and I'm just waiting for you to invite me. Now, think about something here. Who was this written to? It's written to church. And what I see this is Jesus is on the outside of the doors of the church. And he's knocking to his, his children. Let, let me back into your life. Let me back into your heart. I, I, I want to come back in. I'm going to see an interesting statement. If anyone hears my voice. If anyone here's my voice. And he said, I want to dine with you. I want to dine with you. Now, think about this in this sense with dining. I want to sit down and fellowship with you. And I want to sit down and communicate with you. I don't want you to squeeze me into your schedule when it's convenient. I want to sit down and dine with you. And I think in this sense that when I dine with my own wife, it's not one-sided. She talks and I talk. And we look at each other in our eyes when we talk. See, that's how we've treated Jesus. You're just someone on my list of texts and messages. And Jesus is dealing with your heart and you say, wait wait, just a minute, I need to answer this text. Ooh, let me take a selfie. That's your preaching really good. I, I want to sit down and dine with you. I want to sit at your feet. Is aren't my heart to? I I want to listen to what you say. I want to hear your counsel. And Jesus is saying, but it's like the church—we've gotten too busy, and so when we come, it's like, well, Lord Jesus, I'm I'm going to squeeze you in on Sunday mornings if that knucklehead preacher gets us out on time. Doesn't he know the Cowboys kick off at noon? Where Jesus is saying, I want to dine with you. Think about this sense with dining. What's your appetite? What you hungry for? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And when I read this, I realize, if anyone, that's me, I'm an anyone, what have what I made priority in my life? Have, have I got so busy? I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. Well, Pastor, you know how it is, trying to keep up with the Joneses. If your last name Jones, I don't mean that against you. And again, do, do you begin to sense what was going on with the church of Laodicea? I, I I call you Lord, but really I'm no different than people that don't call you Lord. And so he addresses this to a lukewarm church. And I go back and I think again and again, I, I got to have the Holy Spirit. I got to have his power. Remember what, what the, uh, John said there in Matthew three eleven. He said, when Jesus comes, he'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're not going to get fire. And without fire, you're not going to be hot. And without the Holy Spirit, guess what I try to do? I try to play God and you try to play God, it'll wear you out. Your name isn't Holy Spirit Jr., but I look back at this, was this what happened to the church of Laodicea that got away from the Word of God? The letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. So when you combine them together, the power of God's gonna move. He's gonna move. Just stand on your feet with me. Well, Pastor. I've got enough Jesus to change me, or I've got enough Jesus to satisfy me, but not enough Jesus to change me. See, I believe Jesus wants every bit of us. And what an invitation. So as I go through this and look, I I look in my own life and say, man, it's real easy to come in here on Sunday morning. I can play church. I can clap my hands with the worst of you. I can give lip service. I don't know about you. I don't don't want those days. And I I want to come in here and I, I want to offer God my heart. I want to offer God my praise. And so if you're here today, let me ask you something, What would your grade be? Am I cold? Am I lukewarm or am I hot? And he gave us the invitation. He said, come on back to me. Come on. Come on. I'm knocking. I'm knocking. Remember, if you look at the, the sequence, things, he said, repent. Repent. Let me ask you this right now. I need to repent for approaching the creator of the universe in a lukewarm way have I just came in here real casually how's my life do you need to repent today you say man I'm going to make a great exchange today I'm, I'm welcome a passion from God, a zeal. I'm welcome a spark from heaven that's going to move in me. to so ask you to bow your head right there where you're at. Understand this, okay? This wasn't us, safe Pastor. This was the Bible. This was the Word of God. And I, I believe this is God's heart to say... Ooh, I want to do something in you that's so tangible I, I want to set that fire deep down in my soul that I can't contain I can't control I, I want a, a, a fresh oil Lord that that draws me deeper that pulls me closer than I've ever been before so I'm gonna have them sing and I, I welcome you to come down it it may be to repent for being lukewarm It may be, I I need to reignite the zeal within me. It may be, I'm I'm moving toward you, Father God, in different... I I need a fresh feeling today. I need something from heaven to move in me. However you choose to come down here and connect, God will connect with you, okay? Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit FaithChurchLubbock.com.